Hi everyone and welcome to First Rank Fire. This is a podcast that gives me the chance to chat with some of the best people from around the 40k community. I'm your host Ben and in today's episode we will be chatting with the king of the dreadnoughts himself. Admittedly if you look at the, if anybody's watching on YouTube further down the line there's not a dreadnought on the screen but we'll let him off this time. He's obviously very well known for sort of his blue marines peppering throughout his Instagram but definitely has some of the nicest paint jobs across many different armies on his Instagram and has funny memes to back it up. He is a northerner, but we will we'll let him off on that one. Welcome to the show, Stibio. How are you doing? Hello. Uh, yeah, I think I'm okay, yeah? How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. I'm gonna, I pronounced it right, Stibio, right? Yes, yeah, Stibio. Stibio, nice. Yeah, well, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, really appreciate all the time. Right. I will crack straight into the questions. So, what originally got you into Warhammer? Well, um, a long time ago, back in, I think it was the 90s. Oh, dear. Right, I'll just put my paintbrush down for this. <laughs> Got to think. Yeah, so I, was, I think it's like most people, you're a little kid, and um, someone brings these little funky plastic toys to school. <laughs> yep. And you're like, Oh, what are these? Look at these. They're so cool. <laughs> and it just kicked off the little obsession with me yeah, okay. in Warhammer. And I've always loved Space Marines, but I think... Did they bring in Space Marines? Was that was that one of the first ones you saw? I think so. I mean, everything's memory over memory over memory, isn't it? It's Yeah, I mean, we're, being in the 2020s scares me a little bit. Every time I think back to that 90s, I'm like, that's only like 10 years ago, right? Yeah. If only... Yeah, if if a, if a kid born in 2013's wait, hang on, no, if a kid born in 1996 is 23, oh wait, that joke doesn't work. I'm not bigger <laughs> than maths, if you can't tell. <laughs> no, it's fine. So did you go? Did you go straight into Space Marines uh, and into 40k as well, or did you dabble in other stuff first? Um, so I think that was the first thing I saw. But the, I think a lot of people, um, was that Lord of the Rings magazine? Yeah. So that was the first actual model I got my hands on because obviously didn't have much money yeah. as, a, as a young whippersnapper. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that Lord of the Rings magazine was, I think, what first got me started. It's a bit of a blur. But yeah. like, I, I used to collect Dark Angels. Nice, yeah. But because I was, I wanted to be, special i um painted them gold okay so they were gold dark angels interesting yeah and it was um yeah i just i remember like when i was really small um my dad took me to warhammer world nice and it was it was magical absolutely magical and this was before (laughs) they changed it all up and there was a big you could like pick from the Forge World shop of parts you wanted as well. Oh like, wow! As a kid, it was magical, absolutely magical. I remember yeah. looking in the magazine and being like, "Oh, I want this this arm," and uh, yeah, it was. I mean, the delivered it down there the same day. It was it was magical. Oh man! Oh, because yeah, because I guess their their factory is just just literally around the corner from them, isn't it? Which is yeah, crazy to think of these days. And then I went back again a couple of years back for my thirtieth. Okay. And 
it was as magical. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fantastic. Yeah, I was thinking about it the other day, and I don't think that I've been back to Warhammer World since I, I took a really big gap. So I stopped playing like 15, 16 years ago, something like that. I played Fantasy. And I went. I lived in Nottingham, well, near Nottingham, so I went to Warhammer World quite a few times when I was a kid, which was which was really lucky. Like living that close to Warhammer World was was incredible. And then, yeah, since since getting back into the hobby six, seven years ago, whatever it is now, I've I've still not been, and I'm desperate to. Similar to you, I kind of remember it back before they made all of those changes. So I'm I'm desperate to go back and have a look at at how good it is and see some of the the displays they've got on and things like that. It's truly fantastic honestly like the museum it's it's just mind-blowing and the yeah. food in bugman's people i i had some pretty skeptical reviews before i went okay. and the food is gorgeous i loved it okay like a nice weather spoons <laughs> <laughs> i'm not even sure my foreign listeners will understand that whatsoever but hopefully you come to the uk one day and get the experience of a spoons um <laughs> It's one you'll certainly remember. Let's just put it that way. It's <laughs> cheap and cheerful. It's probably the best way to describe it, to be honest. Yeah. 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 Nice. Okay. I think this is potentially a really easy easy one for you to answer, but what would you sort of consider your favourite part of the hobby to be? Uh, painting. <laughs> well, that may have been the answer. That was that was quite an easy one for you, I guess. Yeah. You... Uh, oh, sorry. No, go on. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't, I don't play. Okay, at all? No, not at all. Okay, you're one of those mythical beings that that doesn't that, that just paints, doesn't play. Interesting. Yeah, uh, I last played a game. I think it was third edition. Wow. And it was in the Southport Warhammer shop, which doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> and I remember very clearly. This is probably like another misremembering. So, if you listeners um, fact check me, I'm probably wrong. But My Chemical Romance, The Black Parade, was playing the album. <laughs> I remember it very clearly. But I don't know if it's before. Yeah. I, I assume that's out of choice, given how long it's been since since you've played. It was, did you just not get much fun playing? Yeah, I just uh, that doesn't really interest me. I've always been, even when I was little, it was all about the painting. Yeah. And I think when you're a little bit more unsure of yourself when you're younger, so like yeah. people are like oh you have to play the game yeah oh i better play the game then but like now i'm like i don't need to play the game i can just no. paint and be happy i can let yeah. other people play it and be happy yeah arguably it's no different from ethics really it's just just a part, different part of the hobby so yeah it make, makes perfect sense yeah. i think there's quite a lot of people like I, I, I said you were mythical but i think actually in reality <laughs> i think there is quite a huge amount of people that don't actually play i mean i say that i play i'm playing maybe once a month, once every two months, maybe something like that, because of everything that goes on. So I, I paint significantly more than I play, and I am, I'm a bad player, but I'm probably a better player than I am painter. So that says something. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> it's it's one of those because when you get older, you've got a lot of um, there's a lot of responsibilities, and they have got set times, yeah. and then like meeting up with friends, all this other stuff. I, I like. Without banging on about it, I barely see my mates anymore because we're all we're like passing ships at night. Yeah. But painting, it's you doing it. You can do it whenever, mm. which is why I tend to paint a lot, and it's a good hobby for that. Yeah, I found since I've 
since I've kind of gone more into paint, I used to hate painting. Absolutely hate painting. I yeah, I think the only reason I didn't get commission commission armies was because I couldn't afford it. So I kind of painted out of the I wanted. I don't want it to be ground the table, but since I sort of started this podcast and got into it a little bit more, I've been through a bit of crap over the past few years anyway. But diving more into into painting, it's been so therapeutic for me. There's something really calming about painting for me, which the the wife may not agree with me, but I, I certainly find it that way. It, yeah, I I agree. It is very, it's relaxing and it helps you. It helps you put your mind on a, a singular focus. I think. Yeah. Because um, I get I get very distracted and blah blah blah. <laughs> um, but with painting, I can just sit and focus. Yeah. It's one of the few things I can sit and focus on in my life. I, I'm very, very glad I found it. To be honest. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm like I said, I'm I'm glad that I've I've thrown myself more into it, and it's one of these weird ones where I've actually found a lot more enjoyment watching people paint as well. Like I'm quite enjoying this. For again, for those who are just listening, um, Sibio's painting a rhino on on this, and it's wonderful for me to just sit and watch him paint a very beautiful, beautiful rhino. <laughs> uh, even that's quite therapeutic. It's, it's putting me in quite a lot of quite a good space of ease it's quite nice yeah i i, I do enjoy it and um, watching other people paint as well like on twitch and stuff or yeah. youtube videos and that like i'll i'll have been i've played probably some duncan road tutorials yeah. 20 times um just to hear him speak and to watch the yeah. painting not not necessarily to absorb what he's actually saying yeah but just the act of painting I mean, you are you are a damn good painter. Do you do you find that you ever get like frustrated watching other people's paintings because you do it in a different way, or do you come from very much of a it's their painting style? I might learn something. I think when I first started, I did. Um, like I say, first started. If I ever say when I first started, I mean three years ago, not <laughs> not when I was a, a young lad. Um, but like. Yeah, I used to get frustrated being like, why can't I paint like that? Um, yeah, yeah. But I had some experience with doing oil paintings and obviously <laughs> watching yep. some of the things people can do is insane. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's madness. So that sort of braced me a little bit. But now I'm very much of the mindset of everyone's on their own journey. Yeah. And you've just got you've just got to plod along and compare yourself to your previous self. Yeah. Which is definitely what I do now. Like, I try and compare what I've done previously to what I'm doing next, and not look at other people's. No, I do look at the people's stuff, but like, not look at it in like a why can I do this or yeah. Even if I do, it's like a how can I, how can I achieve this rather than yeah. Why why am I so bad? Yeah, using it as like a constructive thing rather than a destructive thing, I guess. Yeah, but it's 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 one of those things that you can't you can say it and people say it all the time, but it's it's definitely a within yourself you've got to you've got to feel it and believe it. Yeah, that sounds a bit wishy washy, but no, for me it definitely doesn't. I I feel much the same. I mean, like I said, I I don't I certainly don't consider myself a good painter. I don't have enough time to really perfect it, and so I've almost come to peace with the idea of there are significantly better than painters than me out there, and I'd rather just watch them and and live vicariously through them. I'll improve yeah. at the same time, but I, I I really enjoy it. It's like Richard Gray. No one no one will ever be a Richard Gray. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so your, I mean, your Instagram, as you're pointing out, your Instagram is pretty heavy with uh, with ultramarine blue or, or equivalent. Um, would you say that ultramarines are your favourite army to paint, or have you got a particular other love? The crag blue, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it it's all started because so I don't, I don't want to I don't want to mansplain on the podcast. No, go ahead. Do you know about as much as you can? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know about the color ultramarine blue? Yep. Well, so, no, P- probably not what you're about to say. So I'm I'm interested now. Please do mansplain to me. <laughs> so one of my absolute favorite gemstones is lapis lazuli. I probably yep. pronounce it completely wrong. Um, I love the color of it, and as I got older, I found out that it's when it is crushed. It is the pigment to make ultramarine blue. Oh, um, okay. And for like centuries and centuries and centuries, it was like the, the most expensive paint. Okay, um, yep. And then like the 1800s, they synthesized it and it became, everyone could use it. Uh, and it became okay. a super cheap pigment. Um, but that color, that color of ultramarine blue, um, it's just gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. And ultramarine is ultramarine blue, and so I wanted to pay ultramarines. Oh, it's okay. as simple as that. Okay, it's nice. It's a, the Greco I mean, Roman. Oh, sorry, I'm talking over you. No, no, it's okay. Sorry, I'm talking over you. You're the guest, so carry on. <laughs> I was just, the Greco Roman inspiration as well um, is great, and I've, yeah. I've fallen in love with the law as I've learned on it. Yeah, but it's all just because the blue. I mean, solid. It's a solid choice. I mean. That arguably is originally what got me into Dark Angels was the fact that I liked the dark green, like that forest green. Um, it then so happened that I then picked up similar to you, picked up the lore and sort of fell in love with Dark Angels. So, yeah. Are you, would you say you're sort of big into the lore? Or is it a, um, an interest yeah. because of what you paint? So literally since I was a kid, I've kept up with the lore. So most people fall out of the hobby. I can't remember the, the saying that everyone uses, but I fell out the hobby, but I kept up with the law. Yeah. Um, and over the years, I've tried multiple times to like jump back in the hobby, but I've always kept up with the law. Um, I just I find it so fascinating, mm. and it's the depth is is there's like no other, and the depth of the the universe is fantastic. Yeah. And you can just get lost in it and you can go in rabbit holes. Oh, massively, massively. I, I found that with the definitely the books. I've, so, like I say, I only sort of got into 40k seven or eight years ago, something like that. Um, And I, obviously, I, I did the standard thing. I went and listened to the first three books. Absolutely loved them. Um, But then went, definitely went down the route of Dark Angels. So I've got quite a few of the Dark Angels books to listen to, to most of them. I don't know how many times I've listened to the latest Lion book. It's definitely three probably more times than that now unfortunately um but yeah i like i'll i'll see some of the necrons and so i've got like some of the necron books so i've got the um i'm so bad at remembering names on this podcast people must think i had known nothing about warhammer because i do this every single episode the um infinite divine yeah i've got so infinite divine i absolutely love that book and then i went down the rabbit hole of the um the roman ruin books as well so about like the um the sort of outcast 
overlord i guess type thing sort of like heir to the throne and and sort of his fall from grace and that, i love those books absolutely loved them no i've i had necrons for a little bit but never really enjoyed the army but i absolutely love the law behind them massively go down those rabbit holes and the law's so so good for that yeah i've I, just finished yeah, the, the yeah just finished the third eisenhorn book and yeah i've never been more tempted to have an eisenhorn model i've got the I've got like the beautiful collector's edition Eisenhorn book Have you? with like the red trim. Yeah. I've not even opened it yet. Oh, I I've, I really enjoyed those. So I've yeah I've, I've listened, effectively I listened to the, th- the three. I've not listened to any of the short stories yet, but yeah, someone recommended them to me when I was waiting for the. Which one was I waiting for? So I've I've skipped most of the Horus Heresy books and I've now listened to the latest. Well, I've listened to some of the the Seizure Terror ones. I'm a, probably about two thirds of the way through the the um, end of the death part two but i think i was waiting i think i just finished listening to the end of the death part one and i was like cool i've got some i've got some credits on audio audible what what we're gonna use for yeah someone recommended eisenhorn i'm so glad they did because they're such good books and he's such a good character depth depth is the the one describer i'd use for his character yeah yeah, he for me he like really epitomizes the there isn't really a good guy in in the forty k universe. I won't I won't do any spoilers because they are relatively new. But yeah, he yeah he's such a good character, such a good character, and so are the characters around him as well. There's so many other sort of secondary characters in those books that are so cool. Yeah. It can be it can be a little bit daunting um, as a new person to the hobby and um, yeah. the sheer volume of law and books yeah. there are. I so I went I know this is a little bit of a tangent, but I went on a I went to a bookshop in Southport. It's a town nearby, it doesn't really matter where it is, but it's a bookshop and the guy I I grabbed a pile of about fifty Warhammer books. They were selling <laughs> for about seventy P each. Nice. And the guy was like if you want to come back to my warehouse, uh, I've got a massive pile of Warhammer books. I was just like, oh, don't tempt me. But like, those were all just random books. And like, imagine you're a new person getting to the hobby and you're seeing this, I think it's what, almost a thousand plus books. Oh, it's, it's insane amounts in the Black Library, yeah. You're like, where on earth do I start? Yeah, and the fact they've got tangent stories as well. So this is all the Horus Heresy stuff. You've got all the new sort of forty first millennium stuff just coming out, and you've got all the different races, and yeah, there's so many different streams to go down. Yeah, every... I feel like you kind of pick it up eventually. I'm I'm still not sure what order to read them all in, but yeah, I I feel like there's yeah, you're right. There's a mad amount, a mad amount to get through. The best ones though are the Garrow books. Oh, yeah, I've heard so much good stuff about those as well. It literally made me want to get Death Guard. Oh, really? Yeah, that's literally the reason why I have Death Guard, because of those books. Okay. I mean, that, that feels like a trend for me with, with books. I'll read a book, I'm like, yeah, I just want that, that model or the, a unit of those or something like that. But okay, Gary might be the next one, though. Next one's then. I've, yeah, I think you, I've... Can get the, you can get the uh, Garrow, like... Is it called an anthology? Yeah. Yeah. You can get the Garrow anthology, which is great. Um, okay. I think that includes Flight of the Eisenstein. Yeah. So I've listened to that one, which is a, an amazing book as well. It's just so good. Yeah. 
yeah, he's a, yeah, he's definitely one of the most incredible characters. There's a few that definitely stand out for me. Gary being one of it's generally it's the sort of standout loyalists. Uh, Loken, obviously, what a what a hero. Um, yeah, Garrow. Yeah, there's some really cool cool characters in the lore. Which there is. Yeah, it's interesting because I think whenever you look around, there's quite a lot of like slating of a lot of the books that sit within the the black library but i don't feel like i've read a particularly bad one as of yet i've yeah uh, people tend to say that i've i've heard a lot of comments saying that space moons are boring um I, I just don't find them boring at all but i've never i've never found it boring but i don't know if that's just me maybe i'm maybe. boring <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're just two really boring old men in in the uk so yeah, doesn't matter it's just space marines boring i got quite fun I, I find God a lot more boring than the Space Marines. I'm like, I, di- I didn't get into this hobby to be a human. But again, maybe that's my fantasy background. I, I use it for escapism, so maybe that's it. Yeah. There is something great about the guard, though, being like, um, oh, what's the word for it? Oh, it's like um, like a ruler. Um, I, don't know, I don't know the word to describe what I'm trying to think. The guard being normal standard humans is a good way of showing the insanity of the setting. Like the, the baseline. Yeah, baseline, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Guard are a good baseline, but space screens are where it's at. Yeah. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Okay, I I've got to ask, where did the love for dreads come from? Uh I mean it started when I was a young young whippersnapper. <laughs> I've got one to hand, I've got one to hand. Of course you have. You've got about a thousand around you, probably. You just—I can imagine you going to bed and having them like all over your bedside table. And oh, I love your dreads. That's so cool. There's a little dread. So yeah, for those non-video people, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. So when I was a young kid, because that dreadnought has been out since I was very small, mm. um, it just—it captured something in me, and I. Back then, I didn't understand the lore of it. Like you're like, oh, it's just a space marine. It's in the box. Yeah, you can't get out of the box. But it's just there's something very, very grim, dark about a dreadnought. Yeah, I'm yes, saying it is. wrong as well. It's dreadnought. I always say dreadnought, um, <laughs> which people have called me out on. Um, you're, the, you're the king of the dreadnoughts. You can say whatever you want to say. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just they're beautiful. They're boxy. Yeah. The lore of them as well. It's the there's a little bit of existential dread. <laughs> oh, dread! I don't even mean that. Um, <laughs> but like, there's a little bit of existential dread with them because they're alive. They've been saved, but they are trapped. They cannot yeah. escape. And like, if you go deep into the lore, um, you know they only get woken up um, for battle or to be asked questions. And after the millennia, it rots the brain, and it's just it, it's very existential horror, and that, yeah. that on a whole level is great. And it, I love that in loyalist space marines, the only thing that gets them from going crazy is their love and loyalty to the emperor. Yeah. So you get chaos space marines; they beg not to be put into a dreadnought, and. They go crazy once they get put into a dread and they lash out at people. Yeah. Um, it got sort of merged off when they changed it into Hellbrutes. But okay, yeah. 
I just love it. The depth. And like you get these old wise characters like Bjorn. Is it Bjorn? Yeah, yeah, Bjorn. Yeah, Bjorn Bjorn the Fellhanded. Yeah, Bjorn the Fellhanded, not Bjork the (laughs) Fellhanded. That'd be slightly different. Probably very entertaining. But I just, I just love them, and the, the, the their aesthetic is fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah. I often put a lot of spicy memes on Instagram, <laughs> um, but to like highlight this. But I do love the Redemptor. It'll never be yeah. the classic box knot yeah. for me. Um, it's a bit um, typical of new space marines sort of losing that grim dark grungy aesthetic um, yeah yeah i can see that but they have they have recently changed a little bit back to the old ways which is quite commendable especially with the yeah. i can never remember the name of it ballistas the ballistas one yeah that ballistas was the, the one i was literally about to ask you about because obviously that's got such like uh links to uh, like old school dreadnoughts doesn't it like, in terms of its weapons layout and stuff like that it feels a lot more uh yeah, or a lot closer very, to, to what it was very similar yeah sort of to the old dreads but it's it's still got newish things but it's got loads of details reminiscent of the old dreadnought yeah and they've definitely got design cues of the old ones which is very commendable of them it feels like they've done that more and more recently. When you look at it, like, I think the Votan was a really good example of it. It's the um, Hecaton Land Fortress. has got like links into the land train from the old squats and stuff like that. It feels like whoever they brought in to do um, model design and, and looking at the newer models, they they do seem to look back a little bit more than perhaps they used to with something like the Redemptor. Cause I, I agree. Like I like the Redemptor. I've, I've got one and it's, it's cool. But it is a significant step away from what the, the sort of OG dreadnoughts were. Careful saying that people will get mad at you. That's fine. There's not many people that listen, so that's, that's not a problem <laughs> at all. <laughs> like, it's, I, I uh, like the it. OGs from Rogue Trader, actually. <laughs> Sorry, yes. But like, <laughs> I like the Redemptor. Don't get me wrong. I, I do like it. I like it as a model and, and stuff like that. But yeah, there is still something about about the old the old school dreadnoughts they are really cool that boxy look like you say is it's a really cool grim dark look that match almost matches the feel you get from like the law it it does and yeah. it's the cables coming out of random yes. places and going into random places it's it's so fancy um <laughs> i want to go back about the votan so you they designed it. I loved the way they designed it. Because um, if you go back on the law, they've come from the same point that humanity did. So yeah. from the age of the golden age, whatever you call it, the age of darkness. I can't yeah. remember. Where the age of, there was like the age of technology, wasn't there? The age of technology uh, yeah. and yeah. the golden age, whatever. So all of humanity's kind of stuff comes from STC, STCs, yeah. which come from that point. And I love how they've gone with the Votan. They've gone, okay, so it's the same sort of base, but gone in a different way. Yeah. So you can see like little nubbins on what they have matches the new things and things are similar, but different. And it it sort of gives you a glimpse of what the Dark Age of Humanity, I don't know. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, law, law buffs. But it gives <laughs> you like a little glimpse of what it would have looked like. 
Yeah. There's a there's a little robot called is it UR two three seven or something? Yeah. But I love I love that model as well because I think he's the only man of iron. Yeah. In forty k, and it's just oh, I love all that stuff. Yeah, like, I'm selling that. Yeah, I'm glad that like the Votan of Colmus still got the AI type stuff yeah. in them. I think I think that was really cool. Little little link in. I, I love the Votan. I re- I've got someone I really need to paint them up, but they've not been my priority. Your competition is your my, my priority at the moment. I'm e- such a slow painter, but yeah, the competition for, for your dreadnoughts. When is this going to be coming out? Uh, what date is it? Sorry, everybody. Um, it's the 29th of November. Yeah, as we're recording, there you go. Nice place drop there. Uh, so yeah, this will be coming out on the 14th of December. So probably about half, just over halfway through the competition. So it's going to be running until the 30th of January. Is that right? 30th, yeah. 30th, 30th of January? Yeah. First. Yeah. So if anyone's listening and they've not seen about it, I have posted about it. Studio's definitely posted about it. You should go and check it out. It's a Dreadnought painting competition. And the first competition that I've ever done never never entered a painting competition before i've always been too scared but i had a ballista to paint and saw it as an opportunity so i've joined everyone else should too everyone's everyone's got a dread knocking about if they don't yeah and they're easy to pick up if you don't yeah and there's like nine kilos of milliput on the line so (laughs) this is important everybody we we could build houses out of the amount of milliput that is currently in stibio's house i I, I was so Milliput have been I don't want to like bang on about sponsors and stuff on your on your pod, but Milliput right. are f- literally a fantastic company. Um the rep I've spoken to, um I don't want to dox him, is <laughs> absolutely lovely and so enthusiastic about everything Milliput and the okay. stuff that people do with Milliput. And I asked them to sponsor me for the comp. Well not me, but you know, sponsor the comp. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they'll probably send a couple of boxes of milk up. And this absolute slab <laughs> of a package came at my house. And it was nine kilograms of milliput. Just to put that in perspective, that's about 80 boxes of milliput. That's absolutely uh, insane. Yeah. Um, some of them, I do have to caveat, some of them are for me to review. So, like, I'd yeah. say there's 75 boxes on the line. So... Yeah, the winners are probably going to get one of every kind of milliput, and then there's nice. winners up prizes as well. That's like a lifetime supply of milliput for most people. It's a lot of milliput. <laughs> I'm just, I, I, I will shout it from the rooftops. Like before, even they sponsored the comp. I, it's a great product. Yeah, it is I, definitely. I could, I could shout about its uses till the cows come home, but it's just fab. Uh, I love yeah. it. Yeah, you used some of it recently, didn't you? The literal the runner you're painting while we're talking at the moment. I know you've been doing a, a sort of a scenic base for it using that using some of the milliput as a bit of a review, which is coming out beautifully. It's it's just so a lot of people use cork on the basing, mm-hmm. um, and you can always. This is not to uh, downplay what people do. It's just what I personally don't like, but you can always tell it's cork. Yeah, if you get milliput, milliput is water soluble until it's fully cured. Mm-hmm. You can mix it with water and push it into the cork, and it will blend um... in. And you can you can use it as the cork as like a base, to, so you don't use like eighty pounds worth of milliput. So you can yeah. like build up with cork and then put the milliput on top. Um, yes. I know a lot of like the big sculptors do that, like uh, fell handed 
for example. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but one, it goes soluble, and that bond it creates with the the cork because it like goes inside the cork yeah. on like a level. You don't need to super glue it and stuff. It's just nice. great. That's a really good tip. That's um, really I'm cool. Full, I'm full of tips. On that, that is literally my my next my next question on the list. Funnily enough, oh there you go. Show me the base. Everyone, <laughs> go and, yeah, go and check out go and check out Stibio's uh, Instagram for it. It's a really cool. So you mag- you put magnets in it as well, haven't you? So your rhino can magnetize to the base. Yeah, I won't show you, but it's it's so cool. Such a great idea. Yeah, it's just because I don't play, so I don't really care that you're not meant to have them on bases. Yeah, it doesn't matter, does it? It's just like that. Yeah, I love it. I, yeah, when I saw you magnetize it, I think, I think I was watching that stream. Um, yeah, I was watching you magnetize. It, I was like, that is a cracking idea. Really, you could really do that, that and put it on a metal plate in a carry case. Yeah, yeah. Boom. Nice, solid, solid advice. We're just you're dropping them all for this podcast. It's wonderful. I'll, I'll give you another Milliput tip. Um, sorry, sorry, Milliput, but if you <laughs> mix it fifty-fifty with green stuff. <laughs> that you, rep's not going to be your friend anymore <laughs> you get the best of both worlds so you get the sandability of Milliput you get the flexibility of green stuff and you get the ease of sculpt of both um, yeah I've heard that before yeah. and honestly once I tried that out um, after I can't remember who told me that, told me to do it but it levelled up how I could sculpt stuff it's, it's fabulous would highly recommend it if you're into sculpting stuff this dreadnought that I'm to. doing now is the first time I've ever done anything like that. So I actually made um, some little moulds out of milliput. So I used used milliput because mm. it's, it's quite a sturdy, sturdy material, and it worked. It's worked quite well. I'm quite pleased, given it was the first time I've ever done a mould. Um, but yeah, I use I use pure green stuff getting into the mould. Maybe I should have used a mix. Maybe that was the the right thing to do. We'll have find out when heard, I painted it. Have you ever heard of blue stuff? Yes. Yeah. No. I yeah. I had milliput to hand, and I didn't have any blue stuff, and I was like, well, I have milliput. Let's give it a go. I want to try that. Yeah, it, it worked quite well. Um, I it was like I say, it was the first time that I did it, so I didn't trim it properly and things like that. So I had little little cracks and stuff on it, but actually the molds came out pretty well. The things I molded it on didn't because I did not prep it properly. But there's a couple of uh, Deathwing uh, knights who've got slightly damaged uh, shields now, but they sacrificed themselves for the ballistas, so it's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's all worth it in the end exactly it's fine it's fine i knew it was going to happen so i'd already prepared myself mentally for it um coming back to dreadnoughts how many do you think you've got oh dear um to put you on the spot it's actually uncountable <laughs> this is actually quite funny like i'm not even saying it as a joke but i don't know uh um, wow give me give me one now <laughs> He's going to go count them all now. I'm going to count them all. I've got a Redemptor. Another Redemptor. Uh, a Castrophone Redemptor Conversion. A Ballistus. Uh, another Redemptor Castrophone Conversion. One, two, three, four, five, uh, six, seven, eight, nine, eight. Uh, nine Castropharums and what? the conta- uh, uh, what's call it the Horus Heresy one. 
So what's that? Probably like 14, 15? 15, I think that was, yeah. 15, crikey. And then I've probably got about another 15 to paint. Holy wow. Yeah, you truly are the king of dreadnoughts. That's an, that's an amazing amount. There's like, so I like, I'm a very big eBay scooper. Yeah. So I've, I collect a lot of um, oh, yeah. bargains and strip them and prime them ready. So I'm quite lucky that I've managed to like snag some Forge World bits. And nice. The old metal dreads. And I just, if I see them, I try and bid on them. And like nine times out of ten, you don't get it. But the one time yeah. you do get it, like boom, got it. Nice. Yeah. Have you got a particularly particular? I think based off that conversation, have you got a particular favourite chassis? I think I might know what the answer is here. Uh, the Castroferum Mark Five. <laughs> Even the Mark. Okay. Yeah. Some. Do you know the difference between the Mark Four and Mark Five? No idea. I have <laughs> three dreadnoughts. I think something like that. Two, maybe three. Okay. Let me let me do a bit of show and tell. <laughs> okay, so this is a Mark IV. All right, that's a very fancy dread. Yep. So it's got these underslung bits here. Yep. So it doesn't have weapons on the bottom. It has weapons hey. and sensors under the body. Right. And then the Mark V, it's still got the sensors on the bottom, but it's moved the Gun so shifted to under, under slung gun. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's it's those subtle differences. But I think the Mark okay. V came first. I think they like retrospectively went, Ah oh, yeah, Mark IV, yeah. <laughs> that feels like a, a Warhammer thing to do, like a GW thing to do for sure. Yeah. But I just I think the fun, I just it's it's just I think it's because I think it's nostalgia. Yeah. I think it's that's the dreadnought of my childhood, so it's what I love now, probably. Like, a bit like Pikachu or Snorlax. <laughs> yeah. I've got to say, there's definitely something in my heart for the um, the Custodes Contemptor. Never painted Custodes, anything like that, but I've got a mate who's got, like, three or four of them, and I think they just look so cool. They're like the, the golden dreadnoughts. They're just, yeah, they're awesome. I, I do love those. I might have to pick one of those up at some point. Hopefully they make them into plastic with the, the release of new Custodes Codex at some point. I have heard that they are, but it's it's one of those things. It's like Red Hot Chili Peppers playing Glastonbury. You know, <laughs> yeah. Believe it when you see it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, I've got one more question in the sort of Warhammery, Warhammery type world. Obviously you're an incredible painter. Um have you have you got any sort of hints or tips for people looking to sort of Im- improve quickly? So um, I guess the thing that was like the biggest level up for your painting. Um, that's a tricky one. So you, am I allowed to say, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, yeah, swearing's fine. So the first step of being good at something is being a bit shit at something. <laughs> yeah. Which so. You're not going to just pick up a paintbrush and paint like Richard Gray. <laughs> yeah. You, you have to put in the miles. You have to do the work. Um, I'm not a great painter. I think, I think I'm okay. I'd, I'd say you're a pretty, pretty great painter. I'd say intermediate 
I think there's beginner, intermediate, and expert. <laughs> if you're intermediate, I'm not sure I even fall into the beginner category there. So, yeah, okay. Well, there's you definitely would be a beginner at least. <laughs> Maybe the very early stages of beginner in this then. Because you've applied paint to a model. But <laughs> I just... So, the things that helped me massively improve my painting, and there's a couple of things that, like, you hear people say and you sort of gloss over it and you go, ah, it doesn't apply to me. Or, ah, I don't mean to do this. Um, there's one thing that people used to say a lot in tutorials. Um, I'll have to do like a little demonstration with no paint. But they say often, finish the brush stroke um, where you want it to be the most pigmented. Now, I just sort of glossed over this. Okay. As like a, ah, it doesn't really apply to me. But, if if you're starting, for example, on a corner here, you don't want to just like drag this this way. You want to drag it towards the corner and end the brush stroke okay. because it makes a little subtle gradient. Yeah, um, and it's the same with glazing and stuff on a sword. Like the bit you want to be the brightest with the most paint on it, you go towards that point and then take it off. Yep. It might mean you have to move the model around in random directions. Um, yeah, I wish that. I'd listened yeah. to that one a lot sooner. Um, another one for me is a wet palette. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's been on screen this whole time. But <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't need a wet palette. Or I, th- I can't really quite remember if it was that I'm not good enough for a wet palette or I don't need one. That's, um, that's, yeah, absolutely echo that. I only picked up my first wet palette. Def- I think it's within this year. So within the past, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's definitely within the past year. It might be within the past six months. Very much like a. Oh, only pros use wet palettes. Why? Why would I need one? I'm not that good. Arguably, yeah. a pro could use a dry palette and be fine. Yeah. Um, it's as a beginner, you need the wet palette, and it's because it keeps your paint wet. I yeah. know it sounds stupid, but it means it doesn't dry on the palette. So, say for example, you're having to keep constantly getting paint out, constantly thin it, constantly get it to the right level that you want to paint it on your model. That takes time, yeah. And you're constantly not painting the model, and you're losing efficiency. Um, or you want to make a mix between two colors. If you're doing it on a, on a normal palette, it dries up, and you lose the mix, and you have to yeah. go again. Um, with a wet palette, it keeps your paint at the right consistency for painting. And I, I tell everyone like get get a wet palette. Yeah. It's you could spend what twenty thirty pounds which is the price of a box of intercessors. So people often moan that, oh, it's too expensive. It's like Warhammer is quite an expensive hobby and it's not yeah. that expensive. And if if it is too expensive, say, you've, say you're a kid or you don't have much money or whatever, people are in different situations, you can get a Tupperware for a pound from Home Bargains. You can get a bit of parchment paper or bake, baking tray stuff, uh, bacon yeah. parchment, whatever you call it, yeah. and kitchen roll. And do it in a lid of a Tupperware, so it's like what two, three pounds. Yeah, to make think, one yourself. Is it? I think it's something stupid. Like James from um, Artist Opus still doesn't use like a legit palette, wet palette. He still <laughs> yeah. uses like a, a Tupperware lid, and he yeah. is probably one of the most well-known painters out there at the, at the moment. I think on their siege courses, they teach you how to make a wet palette. Um, like bring your own Tupperware, and we'll show you what to do. That's such but a good idea. It's just, it is 
fabulous. I cannot yeah. cannot say how great it is just to get a wet palette. It changed my world when I got one. That was the biggest like leap forward, and it allowed me to practice more on painting. Yeah. And it saves me a lot of paint as well. Because obviously, like you say, your paints yeah. are lasting for longer because they're staying wet. And so, yeah, you're not constantly taking constantly out. Constantly scooping paint out, yeah. Yeah. And you can actually close your paint pots, which means that they're not drying up as well. Yeah. I yeah. So I reckon I've probably saved the money in just paint that I paid for my red grass wet palette. Yeah. Same, probably. And another massive thing as well. Uh, this is a bit more niche. You don't have to get it. But it saves... Especially when you get older as well. It saves you straining is a vortex mixer. Okay, yeah. Um, so I've got one on a desk, but I, I can't flop my camera around. But it's, yeah. um, it's basically, it's like a piece of lab equipment and it mixes liquids inside of bottles or tubes yeah. or tubs or whatever by creating a vortex inside them. Um, since I've started using a Vortex mixer, my paint pots, I've got no paint around the rim ah. because you're not having to shake it up. Yeah, It's just mixing inside the pot. And it means okay. it never goes up towards the rim. Yep. And that, all my, all my new paint pots close perfectly. Citadel ones I'm talking about, sorry. Yeah. All my new Citadel pots close perfectly. Um, and it's helped bring, like Corax White, for example, is actually oh. an amazing paint. Yep. When it's mixed, it's a it's cottage cheese. It's horrific. Yeah, it's a pig, an absolute pig to shake up. Yeah. But you get that on a vortex mixer for, you know, five and a half hours, <laughs> about, about <laughs> two minutes, it will, you can actually use it. And it's a really good paint. It's just the cottage cheese stage. And if you're yeah. trying to shake that up, you will be there for probably like half an hour, seriously, yeah. trying to get that to a, a paintable consistency and it and so you've just for example shook up corax white you wanted to paint a white shoulder pad pug pad <laughs> your arm is falling <laughs> yes. off how are you yeah. going to do fine detail work yeah um and you know negatives some people might say is like say you have raynards or um nerve diseases you might struggle with yeah. A vortex mixer, but ninety nine percent of people, I genuinely think, would benefit from using them. That's good. To, I've not got one of those, so maybe I'll have to. I Spence Paints did a, a a little reel or a little thing recently. I don't know if you saw it, where he used one of those massages to do it. It was so funny, yeah. <laughs> so funny. They 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 do the same sort. You can get attachments, and I, I know people love to say. <laughs> It's not 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 what you're thinking of, but what yep. the people love to say. You give a piece of hobby advice. People love to say, "Oh, I don't do that. I do this." It's like that is perfectly valid. Yeah, you're, you're allowed to do what the hell you want. Um, but some people have told me that they like tape it to you know a jigsaw, like a, <laughs> a tool yeah. jigsaw. Yeah, they tape it to a jigsaw, and like, okay, that's perfectly valid. But I'm not getting out <laughs> a jigsaw and taping my paint to it. <laughs> I'm trying to paint a model. Yeah, it seems a bit excessive. And there's, yeah, yeah there's loads of different stuff you can do. And you can get attachments for things. <laughs> things. Things. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave that one there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Quickly, we'll move on to the community sort of content side of things. 
you're um, very close to hitting your sort of three-year mark on on Instagram. Uh, it's, I think it's early next year, so February next year. What made you sort of create that Instagram in the first place? Um, so, I don't want to dox myself. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I've, that's I've, ha- I've I've dabbled in Instagram before, so I okay. knew the pitfalls. Right, yeah. And obsessions you can fall into. Um, so I, I had this sort of guide of what I didn't want to do if I ever set up a new Instagram. Okay. Um, so, um, as I said earlier, I've been trying to get back into Warhammer for ages. And it was COVID. We couldn't leave the house. Yep. Um, well, I mean, I could, but whatever. Um, yeah. I couldn't do anything like hobby wise outside the house. Um, I was a massive gym head. Uh, okay. Not anymore, but whatever. <laughs> uh, so I decided let's start doing Warhammer. I wanted to keep track of my painting progress. Okay. I yeah. thought the best way to do that is Instagram. So I literally yeah. just, and I think I've kept this all the way throughout. I've never really been like, like showboaty. <laughs> That's the word for it. I've always yeah. sort of gone, this is what I'm doing today. This is a progress I've made. I've written a little bit about it. And I've been like that since the very beginning. Um, so, yeah, I, I, yeah, I started it just as sort of like a log for what I've done. And that, Yeah, that feels then, like a fairly standard thing. Yeah, but then I realized the magic of this community. <laughs> like genuinely, like I know it sounds over the top, but the community is magical. Obviously, there's some awful elements to this community, but like I say, yeah. 99% people you meet are wonderful, and I've spoken like like a proper conversation with hundreds and hundreds of people. Yeah, and I genuinely just love talking about this hobby with people, and people people share that love, and there's a love between each other for yeah. this hobby and support of other people, and I think. As a collective on sort of like Instagram, uh, Twitch, all that sort of social space, people are very uplifting with other people. Yeah. Uh, and want other people to do well and help other people. Like, I know if someone contacts me and says, Oh, Stibio, how do you, how do you attach a widget to a rhino? I just couldn't think of anything. Then. I'll go, <laughs> yeah. I'll spend the five minutes it takes me because I, I know what a widget is and I know how to attach it. Yeah. I go, oh, yeah, you just do this. And they go, oh, thank you so much. And I know that if I ask somebody nine times out of ten, they'll, they'll answer back and yeah. tell me how they've done that. And I know that other people do that, and it's a great way of building people up. Um, yeah. So, yeah, sorry for, sorry for going on a little tangent there. But no, it's got, I mean, it's completely valid. I've certainly felt the same. I've, I've said it before, like, I was quite sort of passive before I started started this Instagram. I never really, I didn't even really like posts. I was sort of that, that was sort of passive about it. Had an Instagram, sort of followed a few people. I I wanted to do something different and sort of step forward a little bit more into the hobby. So I obviously started this this podcast and I found it the exact same. I sort of message so many people now, and obviously we you've you've got your Discord server. We've we've got the the first rank fire one now and people just just want to chat and they just want to chat about the hobby and that always leads to other conversations i've had some great conversations with people that i've met through the hobby about completely non-hobby related stuff and it's so nice it's as an adult 
it is genuinely hard to find friends. Yeah. And <laughs> Warhammer makes it so easy, and the social side of Warhammer makes it even easier. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like, you, ha- you have all these responsibilities, as I said, you've got all these responsibilities to take your time up. Yeah. And you just start the time to, you know, walk out and be like, will you be my friend? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so if anyone's like young listening to this, cherish your mates, get rid yes. of all the toxic ones, but cherish the great people and just yeah. keep hold of them because they will drift away if you don't. Because yeah. people have all these responsibilities and people will drift apart. Yeah. So just got... try and keep hold of them. To add to that, I'd also say don't be afraid to go and ask people to be your friend. Because yeah. so, so, certainly that's probably one of the things that I found is like people want to have friends. Why would you not? Maybe yeah, like said, maybe not that exact phrasing. It might put yes. some people off. Yeah. But just talk to <laughs> Please people. be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but like... <laughs> There's so many people, like, I don't want to, like, to shout them all out, but there's so many people I've yeah. met in this hobby that I, I'm genuinely so close with. And it is quite funny because I'm so close with them as Stibio. Yeah, um, yeah. This character I now inhabit. But they're just fantastic people. And I just I love them all. Yeah. Just big love. No, I mean, that's... While we're on that, obviously, you are... You have sort of created the character of, of Stibio. Um, is there sort of a, a particular reason around the sort of uh, an anonymity? Yeah, that, that sounded right. Um, or just, just avoiding putting stuff on the internet. Was, was there sort of a key driver behind it? Uh, it's sort of a multi-pronged thing. Uh-huh. So I wanted it, when I first made the account, I just wanted it to be... Uh, about the painting and not to be yeah. linked to me in any way. Yeah. Um, and as I've gotten further along in the account, Stibio has become a geezer. He's like his own <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, like I do like the sort of mental disconnect between me, the person, and then stibio the the sort of like primaris ultramarine <laughs> yeah who just sort of paints things and is in love with dreadnoughts and it means i can <laughs> i can like i don't know it, it means i can avoid this is trying to word this properly it means yeah. i can avoid potential negativity um, yeah, no, completely valid. Yep, because there is there's a dark side to this hobby community. I don't want to. It's very, it's a tough one, but there's a dark side. Yeah, and so if you if you want to be out and about and show your face and all this other stuff, um, some people want to take you down a peg. Yeah. existing um so in a sense it is to protect myself from that but that is not yeah. the main reason and there's another massive reason but i won't get into it but yeah no that's fine i, I mean, remain anonymous <laughs> i mean it's, it's an interesting one because obviously everyone talks about the the negative aspects of anonymity that sit within within the internet but i think you're 
uh, your Instagram is actually a really good example of it being a positive thing. You're, you're getting to sort of express yourself in the hobby how you want to do that without any of those sort of connotations that you talked about. And so it's having that level of, of being able to be anonymous is probably making it a better hobby for you. Yeah, it's because it's not about me, the person. It's about yeah. the painting. It's Stevie the character that's the painting. And there's so yeah. many other painters who are anonymous, who are just, or like creators on, on, on the Warhammer side who are just the name of the account and they don't post anything about themselves. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely not the only one. Oh, no, definitely uh, not. Definitely not. I think it's a benefit. Um, yeah. And especially, especially as I've gotten bigger, um, not around the waistline, but uh, I mean, I have, but let's not get into that. Uh, it stops, I don't know, it stops people being, thinking of you as, uh, I don't want to sound big headed, but like, so, you know, midwinter minis, for yep. example. You know what he looks like, you know what he sounds like. If you walked into a Warhammer shop, for example, and midwinter minis was in that shop, yeah, everything would be about him. Yeah, um, I, I love the guy. I'm not trying to like slate him. No, he's a, he's a great example as, as a as a big person in the community. Yeah, it makes makes sense. Everything would start to be about him, and I hate that. I hate being the center of attention. Yeah. Um, it's like at Warhammer Fest. I was just wandering around. Me and Mrs. Stibio mm-hmm. were just hooting about Warhammer Fest, not a care in the world. Um, and I think that would have been different if people knew my face oh, for sure yeah for sh- massively for sure but i i'm quite anxious i'm incredible i've always been shy since i was a little kid um and i think that's another reason why i love being stibio as well because like on yeah. on like stuff like this i can just be stibio rather than being me i, I know it's a bit of a weird disconnect but it means i'm not yeah. that shy but in person at like warhammer fest say Joe Bloggs came up to me and was like, "Oh, I love you, Peyton." I'd be like, "Ooh, I just, <laughs> I don't know. I'm very, I'm very shy." Is <laughs> is the answer to that? Yeah, I mean, there's going to be tons and tons of people out there for, for I guess, what is traditionally quite a nerdy, quite a geeky hobby. Um, there obviously are those sort of stereotypes about the sort of people who get into this this hobby and stuff like that, and a lot of people enjoy it because you can just do the painting, so you can just kind of sit there, you can enjoy the law, you can you can sit and paint. It can just be you. It's a really good hobby for that. There's going to be tons of people out there who are in the same same place. They don't want to be known for anything. They just want to. They're, they're quite shy. They're quite timid. They don't want to do it, and that's fine. That's there's no problem to it. Positive side, they've you sort of shown the fact that you can, you and others have sort of shown that you you can still do this sort of thing. You're on over thirteen thousand followers now for someone who effectively hasn't put your face on the internet, which is yeah, shows yeah. that it's a viable thing to do, and it's it's a good thing. It's yeah, it's a good thing I think. But yeah, if you wanna if you wanna show your face, go for it. <laughs> As you're talking to someone who has their face fully on the internet, I mean, it's yeah, yeah it, it's one of those things. Like you can obviously do a podcast without showing your face and stuff like that. And um, I the the main reason that I do is because I mean I'm quite happy to. I'm I'm not too fussed about it. I've always been quite an extrovert, so it's never that's never been a been a problem for me. I'm not in this to get famous or anything like that. Similar to you, I don't want to be the centre of attention, even though I'm a bit of an extrovert, don't want to be the centre of attention. But for me in the podcast, it kind of helps the 
the engagement side, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, I because much, yeah, much prefer watching. Well, that's weird. If I'm if I'm walking, I like listening to podcasts, but I'll always prefer to watch the podcast. Yeah, because you can tell a lot more from reading people's, um, uh, what's called body body language body language. Yeah, um, from a video uh, than you can get from audio. You can yeah. obviously hear a lot of uh, meaning through through audio, but like watching people's body language is it helps elevate podcasts. Yeah, it's always great when they do it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, hopefully one day this will will be on YouTube and people who are watching this won't realize. But I think that yeah, this is episode twenty seven, and I think I've managed to edit one and a half videos to go on YouTube. I'm not going to put it on there until I've got at least four or five, so I should go a backup, but. This will be on YouTube one day. I sort of promise. <laughs> Ish. It's a right pain editing videos. It takes so long. Yeah, I mean, I think through editing the, the audio for the podcast, it's kind of taken away half the job anyway. So at least I can go back. Admittedly, I didn't edit the first ones particularly well. So I've had to go back and edit a lot of the audio. That's why it's taken me so long, really. The, the video side of it, because it's a podcast, it's not actually that bad. There's very little, which is like, oh, I need to edit this out and cut this and the lighting was bad. It's the podcast. It is what it is. Yeah. Um. So I think once I've caught up a little bit and now I've learned a lot of lessons and I've started doing video editing, I think it'll be a lot easier. Plus I'll have all the audio I've already edited because I've put these out every two weeks. So it should be, should be helpful when I, when I finally get around to it. But yeah, yeah. Ed- editing in, in a general is a bit of a pain. <laughs> for like, so for a, just trying to think of an example, I really struggle because I don't have a computer that can... I've got an 11-year-old laptop, and nice. I can just yeah. chug, just chug to stream. But you <laughs> cannot edit video. So I have to edit and film and everything on my phone. Ooh. So trying to upload like a five-minute YouTube video. So the raw file is like 1.4 gigabytes. Yep. Just for the edited file. You've got to have the raw video footage. You've got to have the, the voiceover. And it, it takes... To do a five-minute video probably takes about two hours of editing for me. And that's yep. with me now using the software for years and getting used to it. Um, Mad. Yeah. So longer-form videos are just <laughs> yeah. question. It's It's taken its toll on my laptop. So I got this laptop maybe like four or five years ago now. But it was a gaming laptop, so it was pretty, pretty cutting-edge when I first got it. So it can still just about run uh, DaVinci Resolve. I'll be honest, though rendering an hour i think it's generally run between an hour and a half or two hours rendering a video that long takes a long time i just leave it going overnight and hope that i come downstairs and my computer's not turned itself off or it's corrupted or it's not yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 quite a stressful little thing when you're just like yeah please work for the hour and a half video (laughs) yeah i mean on on that obviously you, you have got your youtube Sorry, should not my mic. Um, obviously, you have got your YouTube, and you you've sort of alluded you, you stream quite a lot on Twitch. You certainly have been recently. Really, really enjoyable. Do you think if you could push those a little bit more, you would look to do that and then look to make it more of a mainstream thing? Um, what do you mean? I'm sorry. What do you mean by mainstream? Like, if you could make money from it and it could become your job, is that something that you would you would want, or is it something that you'd still try and avoid? Um. I'd, I've already, I've already discussed this with Mrs. Stivia. Um, <laughs> I'd never want it to be a full-time job. I'd always keep what I do um, yeah. as my main job. 
Um, but I'd love to drop down to part-time and do it as a part-time thing. But one of the biggest barriers for me doing that right now is my hardware that I've got. Mm, yep. And it's just, I've got to decide between hardware or models and stuff. Yeah. And I've been saving up now for a while to buy a Thunderhawk. Um, yes. Yep. Which is my childhood dream <laughs> model. Yes. What an incredible um, model. So maybe after that, maybe once I get start squirreling squirreling some money away. <laughs> maybe it's, in a couple of years. Yeah. It's not necessarily never just a podcast. It is quite an expensive thing. Obviously, um when I get these videos up, people sort of see obviously I've got like, my mic, got the, the mic stand, got cameras, got lights, everything like that. And that's for me just doing the podcast. Never mind like get, having the right cameras and then the right editing equipment and, and everything like that, having all that right equipment and having the right hard, like the lap, the computers, things like that, to be able to run them, it's, it's not a cheap thing to do. Nope. And not you're all. probably not, when you're first doing it, you're not really being paid all that much, really, if at all. So you're taking quite a big, quite a big step into it. Yeah. So I, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dive into it, but I think... I don't know. I've. I don't want to paywall anything that I do ever. Yeah. Um, I've been very clear on my. I can never pronounce it. Patreon. Yeah. I've been very yeah. clear on that. That if you're giving me anything, it's you're not gaining any benefits. It's just as a support thing. Yeah. Um, I never want to put my stuff behind a paywall. Like even on the on the on my Discord. Um, anyone's free to join the Discord, so that's so why I don't I don't mind shoving a little preview up on there. But I I don't think I'm a I'm a Richard Gray or anything like that. So <laughs> yeah. I do not believe that people should be paying for my sort of tutorials. I don't think that is I don't think that is ethically right for me to do, to be honest. Um I have a bit deep, but that's why I don't want to ever put my sort of stuff behind a paywall like that. Um yeah. So, which begs the question, making money from that sort of thing. So I know a lot of creators sell tutorials, they sell tuition, yeah, all that sort of thing, and that's how they make their living. But I don't think I'm coachable, not coachable. Coachable means you can be coached. Yeah, I don't I think I am the yeah. one to be coaching or giving tutorials in that way. I will give people tutorials. I'll tell people how I do things, but I don't think that should be behind a paywall. Um so I've always I've always said if you want to help me out, drop us a couple of pounds. But only if you can afford it. Like there's yeah. other better things to spend your money on. Yeah. I I've had relatively similar di- dilemmas. Obviously I'd love to I'd love this podcast to to do more as much as I'm not I'm not in it for money. I'm not in it for for stuff. But if I, I'd love to do more of this, more of this stuff and have the time to do it. Um, unfortunately, that comes with connotations of it will probably just tire, take directly from my actual work time where I'm paid a living. So if I do more of it, it will directly impact on my my ability to live. Um, but yeah, I, I very much feel like a, I, I don't think I've really got anything to offer that would be worth people paying for. Like, I make these because I really enjoy them. Why would I expect people to pay to listen to this podcast? Like it's, this is an enjoyment thing for me. This is a hobby thing for me. Yeah. This isn't giving somebody something new, something trivial. I understand why people do it and, and how they get out, how they sort of develop that point. But 
yeah, I think I'm in a similar similar sort of place to you. It's like, what would you be paying for that shouldn't sort of be out there for for free? Yeah, like I'm not. This is not me like slating off people who do that. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's they are masters of what they do. They it takes a very specific skill to be able to teach people. Yes, yeah, and they should be rewarded for that. And if they're locking their stuff behind a paywall, it's because they've put hours and hours into prepping yeah. these things and they are great with coaching people, teaching people yeah. and this sort of stuff. It is yeah. great. I'm just saying, for me, I'm just a dude. And <laughs> I'm, I ain't in that boat. So, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that, that's that's a fair thing. Like I say, I, I feel very, very similar. I mean, I look at like um, Maverick is probably a great example of it. He, some of the stuff that he does is like master level. And I don't know if you've seen some of the PDFs that he's created that sit under his, his Patreon, but they're like, they're small books. They are absolutely masterpieces of like, this is how he developed those skills. Here's how he does it. Like properly breaks, breaks it down. He's put so much time and effort into those. He deserves paying for them. Like, yeah. like it's, yeah, it's well-deserved. Yeah. It's, You'd pay the money to go on a course, so yeah, it's it's the same, but just sort of over the internet, and they give people coaching as well, and yeah, like I I do a little bit of coaching, sort of, um, but it's not it's not I don't want I don't want someone to not think they can <laughs> just come to me and just ask me a question, so it's yeah, that's my own personal view on it anyway. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe that'll maybe your view will change on it over time as you start to get the right hardware and you're putting all that effort in. And I mean, like you say, editing is is not necessarily the easiest thing to do. And once you're starting to make longer longer form videos and stuff like that, then maybe I, your view I will, change a bit. But I will say it now: I will never paywall anything. It's just oh, if I'm putting stuff out, <laughs> if I'm putting stuff out, it'll just be on the YouTube or whatever. Nice. And I'll just say, if, if you want to help me out. Give me some money on the the old Patreon, or buy a t shirt or whatever. Buy a yeah. Stibio plushie or whatever. But... Oh, you should. Do... That would be amazing. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure Games Workshop would be very happy, but I would. I, get that would be amazing. on by some lawyers. <laughs> Definitely, um, but that would be cool. But yeah, I I will categorically never pay for anything. No, that's commendable. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, I will ask for some some hints and tips though, because I am obviously an aspiring Instagrammer, and so are quite a few of my listeners. You have, as I'm looking at it, thirteen point seven thousand followers. Have you got any hints or tips for people looking to do something similar? Um. Well, <laughs> <laughs> this is always an interesting. This is one of those weird, weird ones. People might not realize it. People may think that when when you see someone who's doing really well on Instagram, they know exactly what they're doing. I think every single person that I've asked this to, they go, I have no idea. Every single one. And they, that goes from all the way from like someone like Dave from Mini Wargaming all the way through to, I don't know, anybody. It feels like nobody has an idea. But what have you done? <laughs> What's so, worked for you? It's, it is tricky. But... You need to have something unique about you. Yeah. There, there needs to be... So this is from what I've been told. This is from what I've had people tell me about myself. And this is from talking to other people about this. I'm not a social media guru, so I'm just regurgitating <laughs> right now. 
and like a, a mother bird regurgitating. Um, <laughs> you need to have something unique. You need to have a draw. You need to have a reason for people to sort of go into your shop. Um, yeah. So say, say you've got nothing in the shop. There's no stock. No one's going to want to go in the shop. Um, say you're the same as everybody else. You might get a random person coming in, but it's not going to get everyone coming to the shop. So you need to have yeah. a draw. Um, for me, personally, I think I have now got a style. I didn't don't think of myself as having a style, but people have told me many times I've got Stibio style. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that is my so-called draw and the whole Stibio persona, whatever. That's my draw. <laughs> um, Another thing is ignore the algorithm. You hear people banging on about the algorithm. Oh, the algorithm yeah. this, the algorithm that. Don't care about it. Do not, do not give a crap what the algorithm is or what someone's <laughs> telling you about the algorithm. Like, just ignore it. Doesn't yeah. matter. It'll always be there. Who cares? Just ignore that. Don't look at numbers. So I I still keep the like counts on my posts. Just so I know if I've done something that is just no one likes it at all. And yeah. I'll knock it off. But there's great people like Orc But. Orc But, for example, yep. knocks off all the like counts because it doesn't matter. Because okay. I've never never noticed that. That's interesting. Because as I was saying with my previous experience with Instagram, you can get sucked into a hole. You can get sucked yeah. into a validation hole and every like you're like, oh people like this, people like this. But then you don't get out on some posts and you're like it is the end of the world. Yeah. Try and ignore it. It doesn't matter. It's not it's just numbers on the screen. Do not like do not obsess over it. Now obviously each of those numbers equates to a person. So that is somebody liking what you've done. But as a collective, try and ignore it because it is numbers and it is unhealthy to focus on it. Yeah. Um what I will always say, though, is if somebody leaves you a comment, always reply to that comment in a genuine way. Don't just give a stock response to every single bloody comment. Yeah. Genu- like, sometimes, like, I'll just give laughing emojis because someone's just laughed emojis at me. Like, I'm not going to yeah. go, thank you for your v- v- verbose comments. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to laugh emoji back to them. Yeah. I'm engaging with people or, like, talking to people. Yeah. Um, Because, like... That is a, a real interaction with somebody, and cherish that and go with it. Um, well, you've read it, haven't you? You you have acknowledged what that comment is and adapted what you've, you're saying according to it. Which, yeah, yeah. So go for that. Another great thing as well is consistency. So I yeah. I will post daily or nearabouts daily, or I will schedule a post daily. I don't. You have to be at a certain size account. You might have to be a creator account. I can't remember because all the stuff changes. But like you can schedule posts so you can get them all up on a block and they just go out. So I normally have my posts scheduled to go out at half 12 um, for pictures or half four for reels. Uh, And this is where people get get into it as well with the algorithm. (laughs) Best posting times. Best times. (laughs) When are your followers most active? I'll give you a hint. They're active. When they're active and not see your post, when they see your post. <laughs> I picked 12.30 and 
because I picked 1230 and 4.30. <laughs> like I didn't go, oh, my followers are most active at 12 p.m. <laughs> Just ignore that sort of stuff. It is unhealthy. It is not good for you to get into that that mindset. And I think if anyone's listened to this and they, they really want to take something, is like it's just numbers. It's just it's not that sort of stuff isn't real. Yeah, the engagement with people and the community is real. And try and talk to people, try and engage with people because that is the benefit of Instagram. Like yeah. that's the only reason why I still do Instagram. It's for the engagement with people. And I know it sounds aloof and over the top, but it's genuinely <laughs> the only reason why I still do it. It's why I set up the Discord server so I could yeah. chat with people about Warhammer and the stuff that we all love. Um, I sort of went on a bit of a tangent there, but he's asking me how to grow. I just that found is... like I naturally, naturally just over time, just got followers because I was just doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, um, no, that makes sense makes absolute sense i was going to sort of talk about your discord server because that's i think that's a really good example of almost what you were talking about there about how you engage with the community i've joined your discord server and it's a really active fun server and you are super active in it super super active really engaging and um chatting with people just about warhammer and, and stuff beyond just i will put a link to, to your discord server in the in the um what the info of the podcast words escape me um but yeah i'll d- definitely put a link to it um i think i think i've got one you must it's, have one there must be one. Get, like yeah but like it's that's a great benefit of stibio as a character and not me yeah. as a, a person because it is stibio's discord server <laughs> which yeah. means that it's not like hit not a hero worshiping <laughs> you know what I mean, it's not like a cult. Yes, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not at all. Yeah, it's it's more like because I don't, oh, this is going to be a deep dive into old school stuff. But there was a a RuneScape forum back in the day called Sal's RuneScape forum. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I don't know who Sal is. <laughs> I was just on a RuneScape forum, <laughs> and it, that's what yep. it was. That's what I feel like this is for me, anyway. Other people might say it differently, yeah. but for me, it's Sal's RuneScape forum. It's, <laughs> it's just some some little space marine server thing. It, it does it does feel like like people genuinely just go off and have their conversations and have chats with each other. And I feel like is it it may have been today somebody was posting about like oh I went to this shop and I'm from this place and someone else was like no way I'm from there as well. It's just <laughs> com- random conversations like that come up. It's like yeah, it's it's a cool it's a cool little Discord server. It's yeah. It's, I, w- I want it to grow, but not too much. I don't want people to be overwhelmed. Yeah, that can that can be difficult, but I think I think you've got a good good balance at the moment, so that works quite well. Yes, it's full of like-minded hobby individuals, but I don't want I don't want to bang about my Discord on on your on your. On no, your this ass. the whole the whole point of this is to to talk about you and and what oh. you do, and your Discord's definitely part of that. So we should, uh. yeah. Definitely, definitely talk about it. I'm, I'm quite happy to talk about it as much as I can. So I'm, I'm part of that, part of that Discord server. So, so yeah, social media stuff. Um, I think Warhammer is in a bit of a unique position in that it's a very visual hobby, and it allows us to share our work with other people. Yeah. Um, and it's great for inspiration as well. It's great for looking yes. at what other people are doing, how to learn off what they're doing, and they've yeah. They have recently changed the platform a bit. 
because they used to have it so you could go through recent posts and you could scroll yeah. through the recent posts and you could see what people were recently doing. But they've changed that. And it's a little bit more tailored to you as a person, which stops you seeing people you may not have heard before. Yeah. Which is why I love sharing people onto my story. Um, That's cool, yeah. Just to give people, because loads, loads of people do it. I'm not trying to say I'm, I'm amazing, but like, I know that I'm at an advantage because I've got all these followers. So if I can share people and let other people see them, because I know when I go on other people's stories, they share people and I go, oh, wow, that's cool. And I'll click onto it and click on the profile. Yeah. So I think that's a, that's a good thing of the hobby is just seeing what people are doing. And it gives you inspiration. Um, but it can also be a negative and then you're like, oh, I'm not, I'm not like this person. How can I, I can't paint. Like I, I, I know earlier I wasn't wasn't like ah, <laughs> but OSL, it's a big sticking point for me because I can't oh, wow. do OSL, and yeah. I see all these people doing this tasty OSL. Yep. And I'm like oh, I wish that was me. <laughs> but I'll, I, do you know the, the solution to that is just to sit down and work. And that was another thing yeah. I didn't say earlier. The main thing to get better at painting is just to sit down and paint. Over and over again, just paint, 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 paint. Yep. Like, what yeah, am I? Three in. years of paint, 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 paint. Um, I'm at a point now where I'm sort of happy with what I do. <laughs> so <laughs> you're a really, you're a really good. I'm gonna keep saying it every time I say it. You're a really good painter. But yeah. You can always see your own flaws. I think that's absolutely, the... absolutely. But yeah. uh, practice, practice. Uh, I think yeah. if you ask anyone in any different hobby or skill or anything like that, to so say this was a woodworking podcast, and you're like, "Oh, how'd you get your dovetails so good?" <laughs> yeah, practice them. Keep practicing them. Practice until you're sick of them, <laughs> and just focus on dovetails, and you'll get good at dovetails. So it's like yeah. edge highlights. Just keep doing edge highlights. And I know it's a personal <laughs> thing. If I really wanted to yeah. get good at OSL. I just need to keep doing OSL, but I keep hitting models without any OSL. So yeah, it's yeah like faces. Yeah, it's, I, it's actually I, not something you want to actually do. So I know clearly I don't, but <laughs> I do. <laughs> I've I've always said that I'm awful at faces, and I I'm just trying to find it. I don't know if I'm oh well, but my most me- recent model without a helmet on. I was like, I'm going to paint this to the best I can do it. And it was okay. I was sort of happy with it. It was the first face I was ever happy with. And I was like... Was that cha- chain blade hands? Or... Oh, yeah. Chain chain arms McKill. Chain arms McKill. Yeah. And that was that was a that was another thing of me being in a privileged position. Um, but I basically just left a comment being like, because someone... Um, just posted some chain arms that they were selling, and I just left a stupid comment like, "My name's Chain Arms McKill," and they were like, <laughs> "Do you want some chain arms?" And I was like, "Yeah," <laughs> and I made Chain Arms McKill, and you know, shout them out a million times to say thank you. But <laughs> that's it's just, uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's one of them. So I, 
that's another thing about getting into the hobby. I'd really want people, not hobby, sorry, social media. That I want people to truly understand is sponsored stuff. Um, I think some people's goal is to get into it. So Games Workshop will give you free models. Or, yeah. You know, these various companies will give you free stuff. Um, it comes at a price and you need to pay that price. It's yeah. not free. Yeah. Nothing nothing in life is free. Um, so I am so grateful to people who have sponsored me and sent me sponsored stuff. Like, I'll only work with people who I personally would use. Yeah. Um, because I, I, I just, I think it's very ethically wrong to, like, I'm not going to, I don't, I don't want to say it on your podcast, but I'm not going to start going, feel free to bleep this, but I'm not going to start <laughs> going, hey, sign up to Raid Shadow Legends. I'm not going to start <laughs> doing that. But I will, yes. I will scream from the rooftops about the Yeah. Because I personally love it. I think it's a great product. It's so handy and useful. Yeah. Um, but don't get into it for the wrong reasons. Don't start thinking people are going to start throwing stuff at you. Um, don't make that your main priority because it shouldn't be. Um, yeah. And I know that sounds like a bit like I'm being a bit preachy, especially because no, people no, it's give me stuff. Valid, yeah. I think people see it all the time. They sort of see people come in and they have a few thousand followers and GW has sent them models. You know, like, yeah, there's generally a reason behind that. And then, yeah, I've spoken to a few people about it and the sort of pressures that they feel to then try and get those models done to the highest standard and get them out quickly and stuff like that. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a big toll. It's, like you say, it is, it's not free. It has you a cost. a lot of yeah. work in it. Yeah, exactly. It has a cost. And they Games Workshop gets something out of it. You are paying yeah. them with your time, with your effort. They are getting a benefit. So for them, they're spending, what, £50, for example, on a kit. But yeah. they're getting engagement that would cost them thousands of pounds yeah. to get pay for that engagement. Um, they are getting a benefit to it. Um, so everyone technically wins in that situation. If it, That's why people do it and that's why people accept it. But it is not the be all and end all. And I've lately took on too much. That's probably why I'm saying it in this sort of manner. I've took yeah. on too much and been overwhelmed by it. So even though I'm so grateful, I am incredibly grateful. I'm not trying to negate um, that sort of stuff, but don't don't take on too much. <laughs> yeah, but, it is a hobby. I know, I know a lot of people turn it into a turn it into a job through that and, and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, a lot of people got into it as a hobby because it's something they enjoy and it's something that they can escape from their issues in the real world or, or do something different. I. I feel like turning it into potentially turning it into a job or getting overloaded with it can have quite an impact on that. And I've definitely talked about people before. And if it all goes to shit, you're left without an income source and a hobby. So yeah. what are you kind of left with if if you've not got either of those sort of loves in your life? And it's 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 a big issue. Yeah, that's why I'd never want to make it full time. Like I'd never want valid. To. Yeah, but I. <laughs> I previously did um, oil painting and I did commissions for that and it okay. destroyed it, destroyed it for me. Yeah. And I've not touched oil painting now for like four or five, four years, four years probably. I like it. it 
killed it for me. And I was like, I'll never do Warhammer commissions for the same reason. Obviously, people, yeah. some people love doing commissions. Yeah, yeah. The, the last episode was with James from Poseidon, Poseidon Painting, and he absolutely loves doing commission painting. He says, like, for him, it's just an extension of his hobby. He absolutely loves it. And fair play to him, like, the fact that he can do that. Not sure I could, but... Yeah, it's just... It's a it's a tricky one. <laughs> yeah. But for me, no, kills it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. It, it, that, you are a person, you're, you've you got valid personal opinions, it's, it's fine. Yeah, people reach out to me all the time and like, please. I'm like, no, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I yeah, it's a set set rule for me. But um, sponsored things are essentially a commission. Yeah, and I didn't sort of realize that I do now, but it <laughs> is a little bit like that. Um, so you just have to sort of be careful. Um, and don't yeah, I, much I, on. I think I think that is the the key definitely is is that it's it's not necessarily don't do it it's be careful when you're doing it not to not to ruin it for yourself. Yeah, it's really fair. But okay, I've I've Let's, met some wonderful. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. No, 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 go on. I was just going to move on to the next section. So if you've got more, definitely carry on. I just say I've met some wonderful reps and like people who are genuinely like enthusiastic about what they do. Yeah, and it's you get back the energy what you give out and i yeah i genuinely believe there are some companies who are absolutely fabulous to work with and do fantastic products and if you ever see me shouting about stuff on my instagram it's for that very reason that i do believe in it so yeah it's it's a good reason it's the right for me it's absolutely the right way of doing it if you don't believe in it i think it's going to show so yeah it makes sense yeah i just i always feel like it I always get a bit self-conscious when I talk about stuff, and I always have to be like, "I'm not, I'm not slating people off." <laughs> I do the exact same thing. It's really hard on a podcast like this to be like, "Oh yeah, you do this better than this other person." You're like, well, "I can't, I can't say that because that other person either has been on the podcast I speak to or may come on the podcast. I can't say that." But yeah, <laughs> just, just in general, just don't be a douche. Yeah, be that's kind. like rule number one of everything: is don't be a dick. Right? That's yeah. That should be your life rule. Yeah, it's just... life rule number one: don't be a dick. Yeah, just be good to other people, and only people will go back to you. Yeah, fair. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> we'll move on from the Warhammer and, and stuff in general, and we'll talk talk a little bit about real life. Obviously, noting you you want you want your uh, anonymity. Um, I I do have to kick off one question. So, for those of you who don't know, the first rank fire Discord server is up and running. And I take questions for future guests. I have a question for you from the Discord server. Um, and it's a really great question. A really, really poignant question of um, what is your favorite flavor of crisp? Ready salted. Ready salted? Walkers, just standard. Not walkers. No? Uh, I, oh, I've got a little thing against walkers. I don't know why people love walkers crisp so much. Yeah, fair. Why are they three times the price of like a normal? Oh yeah, crisp? for the same thing with like a third of the packet is crisps. Yeah, no, valid. Like I own like people love to meme on on crisps being full of air, but it's packaging. <laughs> There's a reason yeah. for it, but the price of them. Why are they so expensive? It's just yeah, they are expensive for the same thing. I sat Walkers, nah, but very salted. I love I love the taste. Because you can taste the potato. I know it sounds so stupid, but you can taste the potato, <laughs> you can taste the oil, and you can taste the salt. Yeah, okay, I, yeah. I love being able to taste the potato. 
Okay. That was a much more in-depth answer than I was expecting from that. But yeah, fair. But I'm a, I'm a very... Oh, dear. I paint ultramarines. I like the restart of Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's a theme that someone's going to pick up on here. What do you think my favourite pizza is? Margarita? Yeah. <laughs> Look, someone, someone's got to love all of those things, so it, it may as well be someone that enjoys it. I am I am the guy who'll always order the margarita. <laughs> it's not there's nothing wrong. I I order one every now and again. I I'm a big big meat eater pizza. I love a um, shout out to Domino's somehow. Is this Domino's the meatier <laughs> pizza from Domino's? I'd take a sponsor from Domino's to be honest. I'd I'd take that. I'd just be eating pizza all the time on my Instagram. Quite quite enjoy that. So what's your um, I I'll I'll flip it back on you then. What would be your ideal Domino's order? So I mean I have the same thing every time. So I have the meteor, but I change it up. So I don't have I don't have like the pepperoni on it. I don't have the ham on it. I have like I really like their meatballs. Yeah, and they're they're really really good. And you only get like one on each sort of third of the pizza when you get it normally. So I double up that, and then I double up either the ground beef or the sausage, depending on what sort of mood I'm in. Mm. It's always the same thing. I'm really I'm really boring like that. I always order the exact same pizza basically, no matter what. I think, so I think for me, it would have to be margarita. I think they call it a cheese and tomato, don't they? But whatever. With a stuffed crust. Oh, yeah. And a side of chicken kickers. Oh, I love chicken kickers. Yes. And a big big garlic and herb dip. I'm a barbecue dip myself. Do love a good barbecue dip. Yeah. Just just slather me up in garlic and herb. (laughs) <laughs> this is quite taking quite a turn. It's quite a tangent. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I'm trying to think of any other generic foods that I like. But... <laughs> what sort of sandwich do you eat? Is it just like the basic white bread, cheese, oh, bit of butter? My go-to is uh, corned beef. Corn. That is quite a choice. Corned beef. Yeah. There's so many people that listen to this podcast from outside the UK who are like. What on earth are you talking about? So corned beef. I'm sure, I think everyone in the world know what spam is. Yeah. So it's like spam, but with beef. And yeah, so you can get like, because so many people love corned beef in the UK, you can get pre-sliced sandwich slices of corned beef. Yeah, you can. Well, I feel like that says something about the UK public, to be honest. <laughs> but that bit of bread and butter, bit of mustard, <laughs> boom. And it, You've it gone quite keeps... away from your like standard like ultramarine esque type stuff here to to quite something quite strange. I feel. Uh, oh, you... Maybe it's not that strange. I'm mean, gonna probably it's get called st- out for that. Staple food that. <laughs> it's just and it, it's very. You can have it in your bag. For days <laughs> and it won't go off. I, I feel like I'm gonna get a lot, a lot of a lot of slack for this. Oh, well, not a lot of slack, a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of hate for this. But that feels like quite a northern sort of meal <laughs> northern uk meal probably I'm getting so much hate for that i might have to bleep that bit out so oh, i love having this sort of conversation do you have salt and pepper chips is that a thing so so i'm in bristol now i was in the midlands and i i'm sh- they definitely had them in the midlands i'm sure that i've seen them in the shops here so i think so so i was always told that salt and pepper chips were a liverpool thing I'm, they they were definitely in the Midlands when I used to live there. I've maybe seen them here. I'm not not certain. But then I found out they're all around the country. So I don't know if like there's some guy in every town being like, 
Oh yeah, yeah. It's definitely a Burnley thing. <laughs> we only have them yeah, in maybe. Burnley. But I don't just some guy from Liverpool who's slowly selling them <laughs> as he moves south. Oh, you make a make absolute bank doing that. <laughs> like chicken, not chicken, chips, cheese and gravy. Yeah. Is that that's definitely a northern thing, isn't it? That's that's more that's definitely more of a northern thing. I that was still something of a of a thing in the Midlands again. Like down here, yeah, they get a little chips cheese and uh, chips and cheese is just the thing. They some people get the gravy, but yeah, it's definitely more the thing. The north, the more north you go. I remember, <laughs> I remember at Glasgow Fest, Glasgow Fest, as if people don't know Glasgow what Glasgow Fest. is. Um, <laughs> I asked I asked the woman in the fish and chip van for scraps, and she looked at me like I had eight different heads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll really confuse them down this down this area. And I was like, I had to explain to her what scraps were. <laughs> and she was like, oh, if you want. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So for anyone listening who has no idea what I'm on about, so you know when you get a piece of fish or any other protein that you want to batter, you batter it, but a little bit of batter will fall off in the fryer and they all collect at the pot. <laughs> so people love getting them on chips. It's yeah. just little bits of batter, but that's what scraps is. And other people call them like other things. Like every town's got a different name for them. <laughs> they get balm cakes or balms or all yeah, that sort of cobs. Cobs. Cob. That was a cob from where I was from. Wow, sausage balm. Yeah, sausage balm. Have you ever yeah, heard of a wigging kebab? I don't think I have. No. <laughs> so a wigging kebab is a pie in a bap. Right, okay. That's interesting. <laughs> I can I can somewhat see the appeal. I'm making quite a lot of faces for people that aren't, aren't looking at any video on this. I can somewhat see where they're going with that. That just feels like a lot of... It, it must be quite a liquidy pie to be able to make that good. That feels like a too much dry stuff. Imagine like a really dry meat and potato pie. With a, oh, I in couldn't... Like a dry bap. No, that's too dry for me. I couldn't do that. <laughs> it needs to be like a, a, a steak and ale pie for me, mm. going into something like that. So, like, yeah. Have you ever been to a football game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do they do like Bovril in a cup? Oh, God. This is going back. So, I've, I've not been to football while I was down here. So, I feel like, yes, I feel like I was too young when I was going to the football in the Midlands to, to really pay attention to that. But I do remember it sort of being a thing. A small Bovril. child asking for a Bovril. I'll have a pint of the black <laughs> stuff. <laughs> it's got like a 50-year-old in a 10-year-old's body. Oh, We've I... gone really specific, really UK-specific here. There's going to be, I, I feel like because I'm from the Midlands, I've kind of got... I've got friends from north and friends from south, and, and living in the south now, I, I feel like I've I've got a better understanding of a lot of it than some people. But yeah, there'll be some people that'll be listening, even from the UK, that'll be like, "What on earth are you talking about?" Which <laughs> is fine. I'll, I mean, I'll always try and shout out about Liverpool because it's just the best city in the world. It's that's a bold claim. It's bold the, claim. It is the best city <laughs> in the world. <laughs> I've not lived there, so I won't. I won't comment too harshly. It is the. No, it's, should I ask which football team you support? Is is that something else that we should go down? This is why people find hilarious. Um, Liverpool Football Club. 
<laughs> so you paint almost purely blue, but you're a you're a red through and through. I'm a red. So yeah, Liverpool Football Club has, has a red kit, but yeah, I paint blue space moon. <laughs> Surprising nobody's ever sort of picked that up and, and posted you a lot of Everton symbols on, on rhinos or something. Or on I've, dreadnoughts. God. I've had one person, I think, pick up on it. Really? Yeah. But no one's <laughs> ever like connected the dots. Maybe I'll have to Photoshop up a, a nice dreadnought for you now with uh with oh, all the, please the Everton symbology. God, that break oh. up, isn't it? Oh and I feel dirty. This, again, this this is something that so many people are not going to understand. So Liverpool, Everton are the two main teams in in Liverpool football teams. Soccer for those in the US, and they are probably. Ah, uh, this is a hard one for me because so I'm from near not a derby in Nottingham. So Forest Derby rivalry is is huge in the Midlands, but yeah, Liverpool Everton's got to be one of the biggest rivalries in the country for for football. It's definitely up there. It's like Man City, Man United. Yeah, I think Liverpool Everton are up there. Like you get the derby every year, and which is a game, a game between two rival teams is called a derby. But um, I'm not like a massive football head. Like I've been to a few games. <laughs> I watch. I watch them. I watch the World Cup. But I, I in Liverpool, I am not a football fan. If you get me, <laughs> yeah, outside Liverpool, Liverpool, I'm a football. Yeah, fan. it's mad for football fans. They are. Die-hard football fans up there. Yeah, the the whole city is football crazed. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, to be fair, when you've got two teams like Liverpool and Everton, it's it's hard not to be. Like they're they're two fairly successful teams. Liverpool being the more successful out of the two, let's be honest, by quite a way. <laughs> yeah, without going into it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah. Okay, I mean, again, another another cool tangent. So. Uh, so aside from that, have you got any other sort of hobbies or things that you kind of do to get away from from Warhammer and, and relax? Um, Without getting I'm... into try, try, well, trying to hide your anonymity at the same time. I love woodworking. Um, nice. I just, uh, yeah, I love all crafty. I love stuff to do with my hands. Um, so, like... Yeah, woodwork. I love woodwork. Um, anything crafty, to be honest. I'd love to try and get into tinkering with it, like electronics, but yeah. money. Yeah, it's like I don't, I, I can't just be burning money. Um, <laughs> but we've we've just me and Mysterio have just got a new house, or just okay. almost a year now. Um, so we're doing a lot of DIY in that as well ourselves. And yeah, she's super handy as well. So that's quite. That's let's say is a hobby, but yeah, that's, I, yeah, it's definitely a hobby. That DIY in house always feels like a hobby. It's so much work. But I'd say like probably just Warhammer. Let's be honest, Warhammer and social media, um, and dabbling in woodwork. <laughs> I used to be a massive gym ad, but I don't do that anymore. Fair, but yeah. So I think that would count as a hobby too, and then oil painting, but. As I said, yeah, not the way of the dodo. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Yeah, it's just okay. Dreadnoughts, dreadnoughts through and through. Yeah. Just, just dreadnought after dreadnought after dreadnought. I wake up, solid, solid hobby. Wake up, dreadnought. Go to sleep, dreadnought. <laughs> I, I wake up, say good morning to Mister Stibio. 
Ask Aldred, not so. Actually, <laughs> I imagine you go into bed and they're like they are up on. You've got like a little dreadnought alarm clock, and you've just got yep. them like piled up. They just kind yep. of watch over you while you sleep. They're, they're everywhere. My bedding, <laughs> dreadnought bedding. <laughs> I've got a dreadnought shaped pillow. No, it can hug you. That's yeah, yeah. that'd be really nice. Lampshade, really nice. I'm not sure it'd be really nice. <laughs> yeah, very, very. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do love it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay, I've got I have one last question. Okay. If you could pick one oh, how's this gonna work? You maybe you're able to do it. If you could put one person in the community and they were the only person that you could play a game with, assuming you played, and that would be it for the rest of time, who would it be and why? Oh God! <laughs> this is a weird. A, a, you're an anonymous person, and B, you Mom. don't play, so it's a bit of yeah. a bit of a strange question. But oh, oh dear! <laughs> I'm trying to, I want to give you a good answer. So I'm not <laughs> going to change it. I'm not going to be like, oh, who do you paint with? And that who do I think would be? So Vanguard Tactics seems like a good egg. Yeah, I think Steve Box from over over Vanguard. Yeah, there's also. Um, I shout out to Jake because I've had Jake on the on the podcast. I think it was like episode two. Jake from VT is a wonderful human being, but sorry, Stephen. So there's um, look out, sir. Yeah, um, them chaps. You know what? Look out, sir. It's a really, really solid choice. Just because I, of all battle content, I listen to their podcast and listen to them talking about battles. Like, I have no idea what's going on. (laughs) I don't don't know what engagement means. It's really, was... it's really strange chatting with somebody in the hobby who has like no idea about terms from the game. It's and there's plenty of people, but I think you might you're like the first that I've spoken to that, that doesn't play the game. It's really, it's really strange. <laughs> I don't have a foggiest. <laughs> oh, what's your armor piercing? I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, I think I could listen to them talking about armor piercing. So I think if I had to play only against them, <laughs> I think it would be okay. Yeah, that, I mean, they are incredible guys. Really, really solid cho- choice, but interesting reasons why. So I, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was, I, I listened to like a, it must have been five hour podcast and they were talking about terrain deployment in tournaments. Oh, well, this is yeah. me. <laughs> I, I, I'm never going to ever go to a tournament. It's or a thing, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. So that's why it's symmetrical. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think probably them. Yeah, no, solid. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that was it. That was my last question, and I'm glad that we 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 finished on that particular one. That was that was a grand grand answer. Uh, thank you so so much for your time. It's it's been really nice to sort of find out more about you and uh, and and how you hobby and stuff like that. So yeah, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been very, very enjoyable, and I hope, I hope if anyone's got to this point, I really hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you took something away from it. 
Uh, yeah, hopefully. And, and, but yeah, thank you for doing it, and thanks for being the, the first person ever to interview me. I can't believe that being the first person. I'm going to take that as a scoop. I'm going to yeah, I'm going to claim that one. Scoop. Yeah, scoop. Uh, I mean, anybody that's listening, if you want to find Stibio, I mean, you, you are Stibio Primaris everywhere: Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, you're on TikTok, and, and places like that. Um, I couldn't recommend any any more than everybody going over to, to your Instagram. I absolutely love it. There's loads of really good painting on there. There's some really funny memes. There's some great shout-outs. It's a really great competition. I'll go back to that. Uh, this, is, this is your first competition that you've run, isn't it? Yes. I, oh, I asked what a competition to, I was, it is. I know, that, I know this is the end. I'm so sorry. No, you asked me no how I grew on Instagram. Memes. <laughs> yeah. Genuinely, that if you want to grow memes, the original, <laughs> don't knock people off, actually make original <laughs> memes. Obviously, you're not a meme. It's like the actual video isn't original, but like the content, yeah. the caption and stuff like that. I'd say about 5,000 of my followers are from memes. No way. Wow. Okay. And there's certain <laughs> people who have grown from like 300 followers to over 25,000 from just being meme accounts. Yeah. People but love it, a good meme. It comes at a cost. So I'm very grateful that I can like, a bit like you being in the Midlands, I can have one foot in the North and one foot in the South. I can, because I'm not entirely about memes, I can still post about Peyton Rhino. Yeah. And it still does okay. So yeah, take that with a pinch of salt. Just well, they are really good that. memes and it is really good painting. So people should check it out for both. So if you <laughs> enjoy memes, if you enjoy painting, enjoy good content in general stibio primaris all the links will be in the description of the podcast um and um, on all the instagram posts I'll, I'll link you over there and stuff like that everyone should go go check you out you, you're a great guy there's a lot of fun stuff on your instagram and, and other stuff look your twitch obviously you, you stream on twitch and stuff like that it's uh they're, they're good fun streams they're, they're really friendly streams so yeah um, i like as a ps at the end of this i like how i thought i was going to do some painting <laughs> you did a little bit like, throughout it happened a little bit I just I've been so that shows how engaging you are as an interviewer that I'll take that yeah, I, I'll take that I am not painting let's put it that way because I'm entirely <laughs> focused on the conversation I I thought I'd do it as a way to sort of make myself less nervous but yeah for any any future guests listening up on the podcast I've got no nerves or anything you're very you're very calm and you're very thank you you're you're great at bringing out conversation with people it's taken 27 episodes to get there (laughs) but yeah i feel like i've I've got something of the knack down a little bit now it's it's all about reflection i think i think you've got like quality thank you i'm gonna clip this and this is the thing that i'm just gonna put up on instagram like everybody go and watch that clip because everyone should come on podcast yeah do it (laughs) <laughs> it's it's like sponsorship but wonderful <laughs> yeah yeah just come and sell everything on my point i'm happy with that because it's fine I, I get a little little chip out of it they say it's a win-win so yeah <laughs> win-win honestly <laughs> fabulous thank you so much honestly hey, thank you thank you like i really appreciate the time obviously we've been been recording for, for nearly two hours and it's it's always late oh, when i it. when i run these podcasts so yeah i really appreciate it yeah yeah hope everyone else has enjoyed the the, the show and, and thank you as always for sort of joining me joining joining the guests and, and listening to the podcast i really really appreciate it and 
uh, the standard stuff if you did enjoy it please leave a uh, leave a review or subscribe or stuff like that it, it obviously benefits the podcast quite a lot it sort of extends the reach a little bit and, and helps me a little bit and obviously you're more than welcome to get in touch with me uh i'm, I'm on instagram so if you go look for first rank fire podcast you can get me on there um i've got the discord now i'll put stibio's discord as well i've got several that stibio's mm. discords um there and i'll i'll link to my own so yeah please join in you can come and there's probably a little bit more on the discord about what guests i've got coming up i don't tend to sort of put any spoilers on my instagram whereas the discord's a little bit more open about that you can ask future future questions and stuff like that so yeah and we'll thank you again thank you for for joining us and we'll see you next time bye bye